I have here, it says, a brief message. And I was told by Brother Walter, I'm not going to tell you how long he told me, but I'm reminded of the fact that someone said, just remember the five B's. Be brief, brother. Be brief. (laughs) I am Chris Whitaker. Minister for the Elm Street Church of Christ in Lynchburg, and we are certainly thankful to each of you, and especially to those brethren here who had the mindset to put on this unity service on tonight. If you were standing where I am standing, you would see many faces, and that's a beautiful sign of unity, and we're thankful to God. For that, I'm reminded of the story told of a dying father who called his seven sons together on one occasion. And he told his seven sons, I want you to take this stick. He gave them all a stick apiece. And he told them to break that stick. And each son began to break their stick. Then he had a bundle, the bundle of seven. And he said to the elder or to the oldest, he said, now I want you to break this bundle. That young man could not break the bundle. Even though he was the oldest, even though he was probably the strongest, he could not break the bundle of sticks. He gave it to the second oldest. He couldn't break the stick, the bundle of sticks either. All the way down through the seven, all seven sons, were given the opportunity to break the bundle of sticks, but they could not. What's your point, brother preacher? The father said to his sons, so it is with you. Alone, you're weak. Alone, you are limited. But together, you are strong. And you're powerful. I'll stop to say this afternoon, this evening, for just a few moments, when we are together, we are strong. I'm reminded of the psalmist who said in Psalm 133 and verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I like that. When I think about unity, I find that it was even our Lord who prayed for it. As Brother Michael read in our scripture a few moments ago, and Brother Rutledge prayed in his prayer that we all might be one. And Jesus, as I said, he prayed for it. Matter of fact, the Bible tells me that he even died for it. Go back to John chapter 17 and look at verse number 20. 
Jesus said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thy Father art in me and I in thee, that the world may know that those who believe on me, thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Today, brothers and sisters and friends, when we follow God's blueprint, when we follow God's blueprint, the Bible, we will achieve and we can enjoy and maintain unity. Jesus desired it. How do you know, brother preacher? Well, first of all, we must understand the importance of unity. We must understand the importance of unity and the tragedy of division. You know, division divides. Unity unites. But then secondly, we must work diligently. Work diligently to avoid those actions and those attitudes that would foster division. And then thirdly, we must tirelessly practice those attitudes that will promote unity within the Lord's church. And as we have sung together, prayed together, I hope, trust, and pray that we might continue to see the church grow and motivate one another through this thing called unity, togetherness. That's what it's going to take, brothers and sisters and friends. If we expect to make it to heaven, we're going to have to be unified. We can't get there by ourselves. You're here tonight. I hope that you remember what we said concerning unity. I hope you remember what we said about this dying father who had given the sticks to his sons. And especially the bundle that they could not break. Because it is with the church tonight. The church being the family of God is capable of great things when she's united. When she's working together. A couple of passages and then the lesson is yours. Ephesians chapter 4. And look at verses number 15 and also 16. Ephesians chapter number 4. Verses 15 and 16. Look what the Bible says. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Remember what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. And then here's the clincher, endeavoring or striving to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond 
of peace. Oh, I like what Paul told Timothy. In 1 Timothy, the chapter is 3, round about verse number 15. 1 Timothy chapter number 3, the verse is 15. Paul told Timothy, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground or the support of the truth. Brothers, we need to understand tonight that if we're ever going to make it, we've got to be together. If we're ever going to win this world for Christ, the world needs to see that we're on Christ, Christ's side. And I ask you this evening, whose side are you on? If you're not a child of God, you're not on the Lord's side tonight. We love you, and that's why we're here. We're here to, to tell you the truth. Paul said on one occasion, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. There might be someone here tonight who cannot enjoy unity because Satan have you divided. But what must I do in order to be saved, brother preacher? I want to encourage you to get your house in order. Get your house in order because we don't know when this life on earth is going to end for us. And if we have not obeyed the gospel of Christ, then brothers and sisters, if the Lord come and catch us outside of Christ, heaven cannot be our home. What must I do? You must hear the gospel. Romans 10, 17, the apostle Paul said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard the word tonight. You've heard it in the singing of these beautiful songs. I hope that you've heard it through the small message that I brought you tonight. You need to get your life in order. So you hear the word. Believe the same. Hebrews chapter 11 and the verses 6, the writer says, that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then you've got to repent of your sins. Why? Because Paul said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have to repent of those sins. Luke, thir- uh, Luke 13, 3 and 5, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then you must confess. Confess what, Brother Whitaker? Confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we find that over there in Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, Jesus said, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And then last but not least, you got to be willing to go down to that liquid tomb. Go down and rise up so that you can walk in a newness of life according to Romans 6, 3 and 4, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. The Bible tells us that baptism is a burial, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Then after you come up out of that watery grave, remain faithful, not till you get tired or not till you get mad, but you remain faithful unto death. Revelation 2 and 10, be thou faithful, Jesus said. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Then, if that time happens to end for us, then we can say as Paul did in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6. 
I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And, and henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. And not to me only, but for all them that love is appearing. An old preacher constantly warned his congregation to prepare to meet God. They asked him, when shall we prepare to meet him if we don't know when he's coming? The preacher said, turn to God one day before you die. But do, but we don't know, someone said. We don't know when we're going to die. Well, the preacher replied, then turn today in case you die tomorrow. That's what we need to do. Prepare today. Because, see, brothers and sisters, more important than sap for the life of a tree. More important than blood is for the body's health. More important than words for an orator. Water for the cleansing. More important than facts for the historian. and More important than musical instruments for the musician's concert. More important than the telescope for the astronomer's exploration of space. More important than the scaffold of a surgeon's who must perform surgery. More important than wings for the birds to fly is that one set his house in order. Why? Because we're going to die and we're not going to live. Hezekiah was told that. Set your house in order because you would die and not live. See, I want my house to be in order because I want to be able to say, as Paul said, when he was ready to lift his anchor and to set sail for that distant shore, We find him telling the young preacher, I am now ready. And the time of my departure is at hand. My house is in order, Paul's saying in essence. I ask you this evening, are you sure that yours is in order? If you have not obeyed the gospel, it's not in order. So I encourage you to do so this evening. Do so by being baptized. For the forgiveness of your sins. If you are a child of God and somewhere down the road of life, you've stumbled. You've fallen. Maybe you're like that prodigal son who left home and you thought you had it all together, young folk. You thought you had it all together. Thought that your parents were L7s. Y'all go home and figure that out. Thought they didn't know anything. That young man who left his father's house, he thought he had it all together. But he found himself in the hog pen, didn't he? Found himself in that hog pen, smelling like a hog. Had a taste of desire to almost eat that food that the hogs were eating. But the Bible says he came to himself. And every now and then we need to come to ourselves. And he began to wonder, and I'll paraphrase and i close. How many hired servants of my father do he have? And here I am in this hog pen. I'm perishing for hunger. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to go to my father. And I'm going to tell him, Father, I've sinned, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. But you know what the father did? Oh, he didn't think about how he smelled. 
He didn't even think about how he even looked. He called for that robe to be put on him. He called for a ring to be put on his finger, shoes on his feet, and he wanted that calf healed because we were going to have a feast, he said. This son, he's back home. He was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. I tell folk all the time, brothers and sisters, the only happy folk or the, the one that were discouraged that on that occasion was the elder brother and that fatted calf. They're the only two. Yeah, amen. The fatted calf was going to die. And that older brother, he was just jealous and mad. But everybody else was happy. And that's where we'll be tonight. Oh, what a beautiful audience. If you walk out tonight, I'm not, you know, don't be afraid. I'd be afraid to be ashamed. And I'd be ashamed to be afraid. But tonight, if you're here, you're subject to the invitation of our Lord. If you need prayer, you need strength, whatever the case may be, we're here for you. John said in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that cleanses us from all of our sins. Oh, what a blessing to be unified, being together. But oh, how sad it is when we have separated ourselves from our brothers and our sisters. And we allow that three-letter word called sin to do just that. Tell the devil this evening, get behind me. I've decided that I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm not going to turn back. Will you come? Come to him right now as we together stand.